So I did not know I wanted to be a builder ever. And, I, and don't you wish, like, I wish somebody told me that when I was like 25, like intentionally growing the business and our family ecosystem together. I'm going to go play pickup ball against the guys every day. Hello, welcome to the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast. All right, so I'm excited to have our next guest here, Aaron Stetzer. I'll read a quick bio here, then we'll kick things off. Aaron Stetzer is a graduate master builder with over 20 years of home construction experience. She launched Stetzer Builders in 2003 with the ambition to be the most service-driven builder in the luxury home construction industry. To deliver on that goal, Aaron pairs a superior product with a remarkable client experience, all founded upon her team's reliability, transparency, and trusted efficiency. She attributes her no-nonsense, systematic approach to her time spent playing D1 basketball at Fairfield University, where she learned the value of hard work and perseverance, as well as the importance of setting high standards for yourself her team, and her surroundings. Erin's dedication to her craft, commitment to providing exceptional service, and her overwhelming success as a working mom in a male-dominated industry have earned her a reputation as one of the region's top builders. You can find Erin on Instagram and YouTube, where she shares, shares a daily look at projects and in progress, and her journey as a female business owner while answering questions about custom home construction along the way. With that, Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Awesome, awesome. So I have a lot of questions. Uh, the first, I guess, is how did this come about, your desire to get into becoming a builder, a master builder? And then I have questions about what is a master builder? Actually, let's start there. What is a master builder? Yeah, so uh, a master so. Each state has their own criteria for building. And so we happen to be in Texas. And what you do is you go through some formal training to be a builder. Um, you have to have a certain amount of experience before that. So um, you may have to have five or 10 years of experience building for maybe another builder or having your own company. Uh, and then you go through a series of courses mm -hmm. and you graduate as a master builder. Gotcha. Awesome. So it gives you more credibility, essentially. It does. And it also, um, you know, we're, al we're always learning. Like anyone in any industry, as mm -hmm. long as we're learning and getting better, that's, that's really kind of the secret to success, too. Okay. And so talk about how you got started. Like as, as a child, was your goal to become a D1, D1 ball player? And then after that, uh, you leverage that skill and knowledge as a D1 player, perseverance, resilience, et cetera. So I did not know I wanted to be a builder ever. Mm -hmm. But as I, as I look back, basketball was exactly that. So I, you know, I grew up in Ohio. Okay. And, um, you know, I was exposed to the University of Texas basketball camp. So it was like a big thing, you know, mm. to go to fly to Texas mm. and go to camp every year. And they, at that time, they were probably top five in the nation. Um, so I was really exposed to like, whoa, like, 
if I really focus on this, this could be really cool and I could pay for college and, you know, make a, make a life. And so, um, so that's what happened. I was exposed early on to, you know, Olympians on that team, Wow. which then really just fueled, uh, you know, focusing at some point in high school, I did have to narrow down the sports, you know, kick out the soccer, kick out the golf, kick out the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and really focus in on that. But there was one rule. I remember sitting down with my parents and I was like, sophomore year, I was like, I don't know, like, do you think I'm even good enough for this? Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to get a division one scholarship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I don't know if my parents had a good answer to that. Yeah. But what came out of it was I'm going to go play pickup ball against the guys every day. And that's how I'm going to do this. So literally after school, I would get home, get my stuff on. I'd go straight to pick up the, you know, it was not a comfortable thing. Of course. Yeah. Like these guys are a lot better than me. And I was like, I'm just going to have to get kicked in the shins and knocked down and try to even get picked for a team. Like imagine that, like nobody wants the girl. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all sweaty and gross. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, guys are, (laughs) they are. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was the number one thing that got my head into a position of like, I I can do this. Like if I can, if I can look these guys face to face Mm -hmm. and then I'm actually being, you know, a year later being picked to be on their team, like there's some fuel behind this. Yeah. You know, as you share that story, I I can vividly picture the skills that you leverage in the industry you're in today in terms of I'm not going to let any obstacles prevent me from achieving my goal, no matter what they are. Instead, I'm going to jump into the ring and figure it out. Right. And that's kind of what you painted there in terms of going to play pickup football with the guys. Today, that's commonplace. You know, I often Mm -hmm. see girls playing ball at the mm-hmm. gym with the guys and more than more than often you know some of these girls are better like way better like handles <laughs> shooting it's it's incredible it's incredible so i'm glad you shared that story and so talk about what was the first exposure to being a builder uh so my grandfather um he taught a sheet metal class as and made a living there and every time he would visit us in the summers, we would always do a project together and we would like build a little solar system or, you know, build a battery. And so like, I knew like, like there was an interest in projects. Um, and then also I would walk frames, like when homes were going up, I would just walk through frames going up of homes and just kind of, just kind of more of like awe and wonder, like, I cannot believe like someone's hand and a nail like completely put this thing up mm. this entire frame up it, like hum- I was like that is that humanly possible so mm. I, would, I was really intrigued by that um but as far the, the real answer is um after college I was in corporate America doing like the sales thing mm. I was a horrible salesperson like I just wasn't into it and I had met I had moved to Houston I didn't know I knew two people my aunt and uncle and Houston's a big city. Mm-hmm. And this is, I met my husband in Houston and he took a job as a builder. And I was like, whoa, like, I want to do this. And I'm like, if he can do this, I can totally do this better. So he, <laughs> he lasted, he lasted like, yeah, he lasted 
probably two years and he's like, I'm out, man. Like, Good. this is the it's worst job ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he got out, I got in and, 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 you know, joined a larger company and learned on their turf. And, um, that's where, that's where it started. So when, when you learned on their turf, did they put you in an apprentice program? Did you learn plumbing first, electricity first, or did you learn to read architectural blueprints? Or so let's say there's a, there's a young person, male or female, that says, I want to be a builder. I'm coming out of college and I detest corporate America. How do you get on a crew or how do you, how do you, what's the first step into that journey? Right. So, so there are several steps. Um, in colleges, you can get a construction management degree, and that essentially prepares you for the industry. Uh, the other route is I had zero experience. And in fact, um, it took me, I worked for a production builder. So, so it's a builder where you see like 30 or 40 homes going up in a neighborhood. And so that's called a production builder. And there are big companies. Okay. Like I worked for David Weekly Homes. There's Pulte. Um, Lennar, you know, big companies that you can, when you start there, they train you. So there's an, there's a training program. You learn how to schedule, you learn how to negotiate contracts. So they essentially take you through the entire system. And, and then they also have like a, a book that, you know, like you said, foundation, well, what, what happens in front? I have no idea what happens when I build a foundation and I could read this book and do my little mm -hmm. checklist. And then I would have mm -hmm. someone, you could, you would have someone mentor you along the way. So, and that, that, you know, that can take a year or two, um, to, to get your, your feet underneath you. Um, but that's, that's a, I think that's, probably the best way to learn because you, you're sort of thrown in the fire, but you have some backup. No, that's, that's cool. Mm. And uh, tell me, so from a master carpenter, master builders perspective, when you see these reality shows on TV with people building two ladies and a hammer and different things, this old house, are you looking at it with your professional eye? Or are you looking at it from an entertainment like, yeah, that's just for TV because that's 80% accurate or that's 25% accurate. Or do you ever watch those reality shows or what's a professional's perspective when they see these, <laughs> those twin brothers in, in, in New England? One is the architect, one is the constructor. I mean, what, what would you say? Because they all look impressive to me because I don't know what I'm Yeah, doing. right. So um, so I, I think it is entertainment. Um what happens, like, even when we're being interviewed to build a home, there's this built-in perception that um, you can build it really fast and you can have the most amazing quality um, and the budget's really small. And, like, that's what these shows mm -hmm. tell you. And, and it's, it's just uh, it, that formula. I haven't figured that formula out, right? So you can... You can build fast, then it'll cost less. You can have, you know, the highest level quality, but it takes a long time to build. So I think if a reality TV show could, you know, pair, pair maybe two of the three things, right? So there's like speed, budget, and quality. If they could pair two of those together, I think it would be um, realistic. 
I, I know because I you had me walking. I looked at one of your YouTube videos and you said they're doing the painting, but I want to make sure they do the inner trim. And then after I looked at it, I ran into my house and looked, they, they didn't do the inner trim. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wow. There's so, she, so much. Yeah, the details. I was like, she's like, you got to make sure they do this because I want it to match. It has to go the same. But I went and looked at my trend. I was like, they didn't make it match. But I didn't even know to look there until I saw your video. Now I feel some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's so interesting because we learn, like, you can do the production building route, but seriously, like, everything, like, a great builder learns from their trades. Like, I, from my painters, my foundation people, you know, like, they are so deep in the weeds of details. And then, like, if you, if, like, we just pay attention for a minute, we're like, oh my gosh, that's how you do it. Right. So just the, the skilled craftsmanship and the care that people who are working on a home give, I mean, they really care. Yeah. You know, something you mentioned earlier that resonates with me because I have friends that work in property management um, and, and do repairs, things like that. They're not builders, but they, they've shared with me that when they are looking at doing a small rehab or repair, that they always look at those three things you mentioned earlier, which are cost, quality, and price, and figure out which two are most important because you'll never have mm -hmm. all three. When you're building for someone, uh, you mentioned uh, you being interviewed, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so let's say that Smiley and I are trying to build the ultimate uh -huh. man cave, and we come to, we come to you. What does that look like? What take us through the types of things that you ask us, or that we might ask you to ensure that we're a perfect fit for one another, uh, you being our builder. What does, that, what does that look like? Right. Okay. So two things happen when we, like, it, you know, if we were to meet and talk about this, one is that relationship. Um, and, and two, um, creating the team that are the resources around you to then achieve your goals. So for example, if you wanted to create a man cave, um, there, you know, we'd have an architect. We'd, we'd also have, you know, a sound architect, right? So in my head, I'm thinking, who are the resources? Like, this is what they want. My job is to plug in the resources so that you can, that everybody can deliver on your goal. So that's the first step, like figuring out resources. So architect, sound architect, designer, um, you know, uh, energy efficiencies consultant, uh, and, and package that. And then really the builder, I think, I think really the builder could be a really great guide in the beginning, but we're really up last, you know, like we're not your first stop or in my mind. I mean, I think maybe a lot of some builders want to take hold of that and get the sale and, mm -hmm. you know, try to control this thing. But really, we need to get you aligned with the right people first, and then we can step mm -hmm. in and, and give you budget feedback and give you time feedback and um, make sure you're in the right hands. And if we need to pivot, we pivot and provide another resource. Gotcha. That's good information because it's different than what mm -hmm. I was thinking. I was thinking that the builder is essentially, and maybe, maybe, 
add some clarity to this for me. So I was thinking the builder was like the GC. And so you're my point person for the entire project. So I would come to you and say, hey, Smiley and I want um, uh, uh, something that's a little bit bigger than a tiny house um, place in this location. And we would talk to you, you would talk to us, we'd figure out how to make it happen. And you would be our single point of contact from beginning to end. But it sounds like that's not Typically, people will start off with someone they know or are familiar with, and it could be an architect first. It could be a builder first. Okay. It could be a designer first. Gotcha. The key there, though, is or the distinction I've seen is like, uh, it's not about me in the beginning. Like, I, I see a lot of people or build, like builders like, this is about me. I want to take hold of this thing, and I'm going to plug them in with this architect because I have a great relationship with them. I don't really care if they're a fit, but like I want control of this whole thing now. Mm. And I think that's where projects can go sideways. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Mm -hmm. It does. So it's, it's really just stepping back, you know, serving others first, providing value. Mm. And then if it works out great, you know, like that would be awesome to build with you guys. Right. So if it doesn't, sure. then we need to find you the right builder. Okay, so let's let's talk about the uh, the some okay. of the detail. So, as a builder in today's market, right, a couple of challenges that, that I imagine you're facing. One is finding because I know you have your team that handles. You know, I looked on your website. Uh, you have a very capable team, it appears. But then, like the the people that are doing the work, like you know, the, the you mentioned the painters and the, you know the carpenters, electricians, things like that. The first question: Is it difficult to find those resources today? Quality resources, because it seems like there's a shortage in and labor everywhere. And yeah. How, how are you? Okay. So, so I think that depends on where someone is building. We happen to be in Houston, so it's a okay. really you know, I don't know, maybe 5 million people. Um, okay. So for us, there are a ton of average trades. The challenge okay. for us is really finding the 1% mm-hmm. and, and developing with them. Because once they show me something, um, like Smiley mentioned, like the paint, once I know that, I've just elevated elevated our game just by watching that. I can't go backwards. So mm. so meaning mm. that niche of contractors, it's the 1% in Houston. And so we do have to, in order to keep them and keep them happy, like we treat them like they're our clients. Like they are our clients. Mm. You know, we need to schedule on time for them because – when they show up, they need to make money, right? If if they show up and we're not ready, they're losing money. So so again, we're treating them as if they're our clients, and they really are. I love our guys and girls, and 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 so like I know I went off on a tangent here, but that's how. No, you're good. So so that's how we um, have created sort of our larger ecosystem of a team. Okay, and so you haven't really faced the challenges that some have mentioned in terms of finding quality labor because Houston has such a large population 
and you, you're able to kind of pick and choose and kind of build people that you can trust. Yes. That makes sense. Tell me this, with rates and things like that, the way they are now, what changes have you seen? Mm-hmm. My guess is that probably 2021, 20, 22, your business was exploding, I imagine. And uh, what changes have you seen since then with, you know, interest rates? Right. So I, th- I think that depends on the price point. So um, if I'm going to buy a home and I, I, I'm not in a hurry to move um, and the interest rates are high, I'm going to hold. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if I'm not going to require a loan, you know, we've seen prices drop on land and we're going to go after that land. So that's the, the push and pull that we're seeing. Um, some are just holding and some are saying this is a great opportunity. And they're also watching, you know, the lumber markets coming down. Supplies are starting mm-hmm. to stabilize. It's, it's easier to budget now. Um, before yeah. it was really, it was difficult to budget based. Yes. Yes. So that's what we're seeing. Okay. Okay. And then um, another question before I pass it over to Smiley. So do you guys do any buy and hold or are you just builders and that's that's your niche and that's what you stick with? So we are uh, pure builders. So all of our all okay. of our clients are referred. So um Okay. Yeah. So they're based on either architectural relationships, designer relationships okay. to where, you know, if someone's drafting a home, the architect and the client have a good feel for what they want in the end product and also the experience they want. So we're heavy, heavy, heavy on providing the best experience, you know, of your, of your lifetime because, well, maybe not of your lifetime, but we want your home. We want home. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. It, it can it can be it's stressful. It can be emotional, and we understand that. And so, we really, really focus in on like how do we elevate this situation every day with people, because we know it is it can be difficult. I, the question I have is, I'm actually in the process of working with an architect because I have some land, and we're building. This is my first. I had real estate, but this is my first time building it from the ground up. And when you mentioned, I was like, did I start the wrong way? So when you said the architect, because he's my neighbor, I started with him, but he didn't mention a design person. What's the difference between an architect and a designer? Is that interior designer right. or, oh, interior. Okay. That makes sense. So, so, so interior designer and, and so like some architects actually handle the interior design and then there's, you know, furniture and window coverings. And so, yes, so it'd be interior designer that, that I mentioned. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize because we're going through the permit phase now. So we, we came mm-hmm. up with the plans and I had to go, I'm in Tampa, Florida. So we had to submit it to the oh, nice. architect review. I'm in a historic part. So we had to go to the city and then the architect, he says it's going to take, or the architectural review board, he said just to get the paperwork approved before we hit a nail, it's six six to seven months just to get all the permits approved. Mm. And this, so it's there's so much growth here in Tampa, it's insane. Just 
it takes 60 days for them to hear you. So really doing that process. Yeah. And I was just wondering because I'm in the midst of it. So when we found out you're going to be on, I was so excited because I'm living that. And, and he said, no, we don't need a builder yet. He says, after we get all approved, we get the, the construction documents, all these documents, then we could go and find a builder, which is, all right, that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, yes. it does. So thank you for saying that. So, so Smiley, I, 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 know, I know a good builder out of Houston. <laughs> are, you, are you only in, in Texas or do you, are you nationwide like a David Wheatley or a Lenard or Toll Brothers? Or are you just yeah, in Houston? Yeah, so we're... We are. We're just in Houston. Oh, it, it's interesting. We have a rule even in building, like in the niche that we're in, because everything is so critical with timing and, and reworking and pivoting that we have a rule that we, we only work within eight miles of our office so that we can get to these wow. places quickly and make decisions and pull in our resources. So anyway, that was just kind of a tidbit. Wow, I, I no, that. I love that rule because I have the land is I, I, when I turn 60, which isn't too far away, my goal is I want to be able to walk to my to my tenants or use a wheelchair if I need one so I can roll back and forth on the block. So I got a two block <laughs> radius and you have an eight mile radius. So I have a two block <laughs> radius of what I want to do. So. <laughs> You're in the action but, all the time. Yeah, always. I can see them. Each way I roll, I can see them. <laughs> but the question is more more gender-based. Have you found that since you've been in construction and other representatives, ladies, because I have a daughter who's 15, and, and I tell oh, her nice. you can do anything. And, and it's amazing when they see someone to have other young ladies, like, I want to be mm. like you, or I want to get into this, but I didn't know that women did this, or... Are you finding any of that or people are like, wow, she owns her own building company. I want to build too. I got ideas. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think female or male, I think it's important to draw from inspiration regardless, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so, you know, we have three girls and two boys and um, I think girls and boys think differently. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. yes. They do. You do. Daughter. So there you go. So, you know, I think the boys are like, from the, the moment they were born, they're like, I know how to do this. I got this. And they go. And the girls, um, you know, they calculate, they analyze, they sort of take a poll, and then they decide whether to go or not. And so, um, so I think even from a female perspective, like one thing I do every day, I have to get my mind right. Because I'll I mean, there's a whole routine I have to go through and I have since I was probably in high school because of basketball. You know, I, I listen to at least 30 minutes of something on mindset in a podcast or YouTube or something mm -hmm. while I exercise. I have to get my exercise in to burn just like the, the just my head is spinning and I have to get it stabilized. Um, and then the, you know, you've seen these ice, ice baths. I do a two minute ice bath after exercising because that's the, you know, I want to hit something really hard first thing so that the rest of my day sort of feels like I can maneuver easily. So I think with girls and I can't speak for all women and girls, but I do, I do think that because we can become hesitant, like 
we have to form these habits to get it to like get in the game early and on purpose. And, and do you find that I, I thought it was so cool when you said, I'm going to go to D one. I got to play ball with the guys. I just have to. And you jumped into it. You played, you said, you got to get your knees hit a little time or your shins mm-hmm. hit. But then when you look at construction, you jumped in until with all the men in the construction and just getting it done. Just, yes. I'm in there. Here I come. That's right. That's right. I am coming in. Watch out. So the coolest thing though, I absolutely love working with men and it's because they're very linear. It's A to B. Like this is where we are. This is where we're going. Are you saying simple. we're simple? I, no, I did, you know what? That was my, that was my, it is. And it's refreshing because men are simple. Yeah. Like there's no drama or confusion complexity, or complexity yeah. and it's mm-hmm. a to b let's get there and figure out how to do this mm-hmm. so i absolutely love working with men no that makes sense yeah that makes sense and, and, and that that's kind of how i approach things actually in terms of you know either it's x or it's y yes. you know there's no there's no it could be y it could be x maybe I don't know. you know it, 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 true enough What's great is if you have someone that complements that, right? Because sometimes, you know, we look at something as simply black and white, and there's something that's that could be considered that we're not considering, you know. So, so I think um, whether you're, you're a man or a woman who thinks linearly, right? Someone who kind of thinks out of the box is also necessary to have in on that team. Speaking of teams, so. Talk about how you built your team. I looked online and saw you have a team of about six, uh, all women. They look like they're they uh, are, are skilled, qualified, things like that. How did you go about finding that team? And, and talk about the the, the culture you, that you've created. Yes. So, um, you know, I think the first the first ten years, it was a lonely game, right? It was me, and I was bringing the kids with me to construction sites and, um, you know, trying to run a business and not sleep. So it was just very tough and lonely and full of, you know, full of great things, but it was hard. Right. So, so then it became time to grow the team. And my, I had one criteria and the criteria was I, our kids were in school and I really observed who the great moms were. I was like, who are the best moms that I know? And I hired them. So I, you know, the first hire, you know, extremely capable, you know, she has her her MBA from Rice University. She was a, a gas trader for a bit, had her own business. And she was just one of the best moms I had ever met. So Mm. I asked her if she would work, you know, they didn't know anything. None of these people knew anything about construction, but I was like, I'm going to, they're going to learn, but I need quality individuals. Mm. So, and then the same thing, you know, you know, each of them have their own skills, you know, like one is super awesome in the, in the budgeting. And the other one is we call her her Mm. our concierge, right? So she's constantly like checking in on homeowners and making sure we remember to send flowers here or, Hey, have you heard so-and-so is going through a tough time? And, and so just really just like, you know, she was like the ultimate volunteer. Um, so, um, so that's what she does. 
Um, and then, you know, so, and then the other two have their own specific things that they do well. So that was really the criteria. There was no magic sauce behind it. So you mentioned that one of the key criteria for at least one of the hires was being a great Mm -hmm. mom. What is a great mom? Describe that. Yeah. So showing, showing up for your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. all their games, Nobody wants to be sweating in a hundred degree heat, you know, while the kids are playing baseball and then, and then coordinating multiple kids. So, right. So one has baseball, the other one has soccer, the other one has gymnastics, but I need to feed them. Right. So mm. all of that coordination that takes place just gracefully, right. This, yeah. this is, it, it gets done period. Um, right you know, kids go through tough times with each other, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And it's the phone call from, you know, one mom to, to me and we say, Hey, you know, we noticed they're having a tough, tough time. And it's getting kind of clicky. Like maybe we could, maybe we could just like, I'll go get some ice cream and just kind of be there for the kids and, you know, see if we can notice anything that we can help with. So like just an awareness of paying attention this. I, 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 when you said uh, just being there, I remember my daughter. She's fifteen, and uh, she's a sophomore in college, and she or high school rather. And she's talking about going to college. And when I asked one of the fathers fifteen years ago, like I don't know how to be a father. I gotta, I gotta do smiley. I don't know how to do young little people. <laughs> and he's like, he said to me, just be there. That's it. Just show up. And mm. I did all the volleyball games. It was volleyballs and it's the ballerinas and, and the, the tap dancing and all the little art festivals. He's just like, just be there. That's all you got to do. If you're mm. there, yeah. then it'll work its yeah. way out. And I didn't tell Dre this, but I picked her up on Friday, brought her home. And she's like, well, when she was 10, when I go to college, you you and mom have to live in the same city with me because I don't want to be alone. And now Aww. she said, on the, she's 15 now. That's what she said at 10. At 15, she's like, well, when I go away, you guys will be here in Florida. I was like, I, you don't want us to come with you? <laughs> no, I don't want you coming with uh, uh, with me. I'm going to college. I'm like, and then I quoted what she said. She's like, I don't remember that. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> but just being there, it just, it just yeah. took me back to that. And, um, the, the question I want to have is, Dre, is like building a team mm-hmm. and, and that scaling process. It's a, We had some few other business owners. How does it feel when you're like you're you're the single person doing everything? You're a boxer, but now you're you're a team of five. You're 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 on a basketball squad. You're not playing one on one and you got to delegate. You got to assist. You got to let them in there have different strengths. And that's usually the biggest challenge in crossing the chasm because if it's only you you know it'll get done now i need to step back so they can they can make the dunk or they could do the the three-pointer instead of me taking it with a buzzer left or two seconds left how did that feel right was it scary you know i think i was no so i think i was well trained in basketball because i was the point guard so like i had to know how did i know that how did i know that (laughs) that that does not surprise so you didn't dunk you were doing all the did you see those assists on the uh princeton game yesterday those that guy had eyes behind oh there it was amazing last night Mm. the creighton princeton game this guy had so oh it was so many assists it's like where did you see him and it was just amazing (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like three, you know, you know, there are three, their next three steps and that's where the ball is, right? <laughs> you put the ball there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Is she, have you, have you watched any, uh, any games this, this, uh, you know, tournament at all? I haven't. I need, I need to okay. step it up. Uh, yeah, I haven't either. I haven't either. Yeah. I, I watched one and coincidentally it was one of the best games you probably heard about. It, it was Kansas state and Michigan state. And uh, what was the point guard's name from Michigan, from Kansas State? At any rate, we're, we're, we're getting off on a tangent as, as, as <laughs> basketball heads. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you were the point guard. So you were saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So the team thing, right? So, like, I so – that was one of – I've always – you know, I think there's a big difference between a team sport and an individual sport. And, mm-hmm. right, so, like, we've all tried both. And where do you land? Mm-hmm. Like, some people love the individual sport. You know, golf, mm-hmm. tennis, um, tried those, but I was more of a team person. Like I, you know, and ev- and even in sports, every year it's a new team, so you have to develop, especially as the point guard, a new team every single year. Yeah. And then people get hurt, and then you have to replace that player. And so, you know, it's constantly a an, uh, a focus on elevating everyone on the team. So like. I couldn't wait to form my team. I did not like the first 10 years of like just gutting it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's admirable that you were able to achieve such success, right? Being a mom of three and sharing your time between those first two years and raising these, these three children, you mentioned taking your children to the, to the construction site at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, my my dad would work evenings, and my mom would as well as a nurse. And I remember fondly going to work with her Aww. to the uh, emergency room. It was is, was it an emergency? At any rate, we'd sleep on the beds, hospital beds, Aww. and we'd wake up in the morning and have these uh, hospital you know meals and all that. Obviously, that couldn't happen today, but back then, you know, you know, moms even today do whatever it takes to make it happen. It's just something that's, you know, that, that I really uh, admire in moms. Uh, one quick story, Smiley shared a story uh, about the importance of being there, which you clearly exhibit, you know, as, as a mom and a business owner. Uh, as a kid, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11, let's say, maybe 12. And we lived near a ski, a ski slope. Um, it was like a ski resort. And so I was begging my mom to come watch me ski because me and my buddies are going to go ski, right? And she's like, ah, I can't, you know, I have a lot going on or whatever. So I, I understood, you know, I, I knew, you know, she was busy. And um, so I'm, I, I'm going with my boys and we're having a good time and I'm skiing without poles. I get to the bottom of the hill and she's standing there. Oh! <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's, it's one of the things. Were you, you know, so, that, that like, mom, what happened inside you? Like, were you just like, you know, over the moon. Yeah. You know, it was just, I, I, you know, it was, it was, it was a moment. Yeah. It was literally a moment, mm. but one that um, I've never forgotten, you know. I just got chills. So, That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's something that all three of us talked about, the importance of being there, you know. So it doesn't take much, you know. It's the quality. It's not the quantity. Mm-hmm. It's the quality. The, the, the way I look at it with, with moms, and because we're talking about houses and building, moms is the foundation, of 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 your kids, she's mm. she's the rock. That's a foundation. No house, whether commercial or residence, will stand unless it's on a strong foundation. And that's what mom is. Mom is the yeah. foundation that allows us to go up and come back. But we know we're on stable ground when when mom is there 
Twitter mm. support. So you got you got me gave me the chills yeah. too, Dre. What you trying to do, man? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. All right. So. And you gotta wonder like what was going on in her mind. Like like the yeah. whole thing there where she's like, I, I wanna be there. Like when Dre gets to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things as as an adult with children now, you know, that things like that play over and over and over again in my head. Last night, uh, me and my daughter went and had dinner and I got, I got lucky because uh, her friend wasn't able to come over. And so I was like, well, let's go find something to eat. She's like, okay. (laughs) But, um, but I, I was sharing with her, I was sharing with her that, you know, there's things that, you know, I experienced as a kid with my parents that, you know, I couldn't appreciate. I didn't have the capacity. There's things that I'm doing with her and that her mom's doing with her that she, you know, it's just kind of like, ah, here we go again. You know, anytime I'm telling her a story or sharing something, oh, you always say that. (laughs) I'm like, listen, when you're 25 years old, you'll appreciate this. I know you don't care right now. Yeah, remember it. Yeah, and and like dads are amazing. I know we're talking about moms, but like Mm. just the, the difference that dads make. Like I just watch my husband and, He's so good at saying no. Like, I always want to try to, like, do more. Like, it's a do... gift we have as dads. Yeah, it is. And it's clear as day. The answer is no, move on, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, and there's strength behind that. And there's, you know, keeps the constraints real with with kids growing. So, like, dads are incredible. And they offer, like, when you get the, you know, the mom and the dad together, yeah, yeah. You know, you're blessed. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. So tell me this, um, before we kick off the final four here, what's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew? Hmm. Uh, I'm, I have scorecards for everything. So like, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> the athlete. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that's right. So I I do have scorecards and I have, you know, one every day I fill out like I have three things, energy, work and family. And Mm. those three things in each of those categories have to be done. And it changes every day, but it's a very intentional, like I don't maybe appear as intentional because I'm typically making quick decisions and work and family and but, you know, I'll take a good three hours in the morning to go through, you know, my whole workout routine, my ice bucket routine, my praying, my meditating, my journaling every day just to set the foundation for anything that I'm going to face. So I, I don't know. If, I mean, that, that's a that's a, a big one. I think just the intentional creating of something like i i'm not okay with things just happening or even expecting mm-hmm. anything from anyone i don't expect anything from anyone like mm-hmm. i'm responsible for creating this and this is what i plan to do and if i need to change course i'll change course but i'm in charge i, I love that i read a quote yesterday uh it said i don't even remember the author he said you are the author of your own life you write your own chapters, you write your own sentences, you write your own outline, and you are the author of your life. I was like, man, that's pretty profound, but I never thought about it that way. <laughs> so. Right. Mm. And, and don't you wish, like, I wish somebody told me that when I was 
like 25 because I was like, Oh, well maybe I'll just do this or maybe I'll, it'll, it'll uh, happen. Well, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. You got to go do it. Right. You got to make it happen. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to move into the final four. So these questions are just, we ask all of our guests, these questions. And so the first final four question is alive or dead. You're having dinner. There's only four tables, four chairs at the table. You're in one of them. Who are the other three representatives sitting with you for dinner, alive or dead, and why? Num- Oprah, number one. Like, Oprah. I would put three Oprahs there if I could. Three Oprahs. I love Oprah. <laughs> three Oprahs right there. That works. <laughs> three Oprahs. <laughs> <laughs> she's everything. I yeah. mean, she really is. She mm-hmm. She's had her challenges. She speak, Speaking about intentional... I mean, that is a a woman who is filled with intention. It drives her life. She's mm-hmm. giving. She's supportive. Like, she's just everything. All right. Awesome. To me. Love it. Okay. All right. What's been your greatest success, personally or professionally? I think patience with mm-hmm. growing like intentionally growing the business and our family ecosystem together. One, you know, one didn't take precedence over the other. Um, And I think it does take a lot of patience because I want it now, right? In building, you get quick feedback. With families, it's, it's a lot of work. And then, you know, like Smiley mentioned, you know, at 10, they're like, oh, we want to be with you forever. But it took 10 years. Right. So right. like for her to say that now she's out, she's a 15. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. So I think the, the patience of just knowing that and having the faith that both work and family can be extraordinary together. Okay. That's awesome. Like All right. Uh, so what is your superpower? The Hulk has his strengths. Superman flies, but what's your unique superpower that's uniquely you uh, being the point guard, the point guard that can dunk on Dre uh, <laughs> with the left hand or the right hand? Dre has me. <laughs> John Starks and Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Dre's got me for sure. Forget it. <laughs> um, I think taking complexity uh, and breaking it down into small micro transactions and and wins to get to get to the final goal. Mm-hmm. So it, it you know when you even when you think about a house, you know if you have a fifteen thousand square foot home, and all of these little millions of little pieces go into this, and 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 even the people executing have bad days. Well, taking you know knowing they're having a bad day and just getting them to a place where like, Hey, this is, you know, like stop mm-hmm. working. Let's catch up for a little bit. Right. And get them in the right spot. So I think, yeah, taking something really complex and boiling it down into micro micro wins. Awesome. Nice. So if you were to write a biography, what would the title be? An autobiography. Yeah. Uh, breaking ground. Ooh, I like yep. that. Yeah, I would I like that. take that wow. shovel 
breaking ground. Well, we really want to thank you. This has been amazing, Erin. I just learned so much and and it evolved in so many different directions. So I want to thank you for taking time on your weekend to to speak with us about your journey, your 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 life and your your experiences and 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 once again, thanks again. We appreciate I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And I'll just add to what Smiley said. Yeah, I have no interest in building a home, <laughs> but if I were, I'd come to Houston just so I can have you Yay! build a home for me. Yay! We <laughs> might have too much fun. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. It's while you talk about this, there's certain guests that we have on where it feels like it's effortless, right? You don't have to figure out, you know, what to say and what to ask. You're one of those guests where the whole interview has been pretty, you know, just it's been pretty um, effortless. Uh, like Smiley said, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to, to be on the podcast and sharing what it's like to be a business owner, a mom, um, and being successful in both. So, we appreciate your time. Well, thank you guys. I think you guys are doing some great things and you're out there and you're hustling and you're bringing people to surface that really are so extraordinary that may not have had the chance. 